With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. I'm a compliance evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the month of May, one month series on operationalizing your compliance program. And this month, I will focus on the use of your human resources function to help you operationalize your compliance program. This month, my sponsor is Advanced Compliance Solutions. Advanced Compliance Solutions is your one-stop shop for all compliance-related services. Uh, Advanced Compliance Solutions has a new, exciting service offering called the Compliance Alliance, which is a three-step program that will provide you and your team a background into compliance and the FCPA so you can consider how your product or service fits the needs of the compliance officer, the compliance practitioner, and the compliance professional. It includes a boot camp, a podcast series, sponsorship, and an in-person training. Each section builds on the other and provides your customer service and sales teams with the knowledge they need to have intelligent conversations with compliance officers and decision makers. When the program is complete, your teams will be armed with the knowledge they need to sell and service every new compliance client. Interested people should contact myself, Tom Fox. In the evaluation of corporate compliance programs issued by the Department of Justice, there was a section on incentives and discipline. This spoke directly to the need of the HR function and compliance or several other uh, parts of the evaluation which speak to the integration of compliance into your HR function to fully operationalize your compliance program. Each day this month, I will be exploring a different way for you to operationalize your compliance function through the HR function. I hope you enjoy this series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. Two, 10 questions to better operationalizing compliance through HR. I conclude this month's series inspired by an article in the Harvard Business Review entitled, Does Management Really Work? I found this article very useful because it gave succinct advice about what a business can do to improve its management practices, and I've determined this article is applicable to the compliance program. Based upon it, I've developed 10 questions that you might want to use as a starting point for operationalizing your compliance initiatives going forward. These are particularly applicable and important to do so through the HR function. I would challenge you to think about the answers to these questions in the context of your operationalized compliance program. Number one, interconnectedness of targets. How are compliance goals cascaded down to individual workers? Everyone recognizes the importance of tone at the top as it is enshrined in, enshrined in every description of a best practices compliance program. However, operationalizing compliance means moving towards an appropriate tone at the middle and at the bottom. As stated in the Department of Justice evaluation of co corporate compliance programs, under prong one, have senior leaders through their words and actions encouraged or discouraged this type of misconduct in question? What concrete actions have they taken to demonstrate leadership in the company's compliance and remediation efforts? How does the company monitor its senior leadership behavior? How has senior leadership modeled proper behavior to subordinates? Two, clarity and compatibility of goals. 
Does anyone complain that your compliance targets are too complex? Certainly, the initial rollout of a compliance program can be quite an undertaking. Perhaps another approach might be to focus on high-risk areas and remediate them by rolling out initiatives to manage those risks first, then move to other areas. Many companies have reviewed and remediated their third-party sales side of the business and are now looking at supply chain or procurement side of the equation. If you work on one such problem, it can only help move the overall process forward in a more orderly fashion. Three, consequence management. How do you deal with repeated compliance failures in a specific business segment or compliance program area? This is certainly one question you might want to carefully consider. Do you have problems with one business unit or one geographic area? Are gifts in China, for example, an ongoing issue for your company? What about travel and entertainment? Consider this carefully as the Department of Justice asks, what disciplinary action did the company take in response to the misconduct and when did it occur? Were managers held accountable for the misconduct that occurred under their supervision? Did the company response consider disciplinary actions for supervisors, failure and oversight? What is the company's record on employee discipline relating to the types of conduct at issue? Four, stilling a mindset. How does your company show that it is attracting developing talent who will engage in ethical business conduct as a top priority? This is a key part of operationalizing your compliance program and one where HR should definitely take the lead. If top management will make a commitment to this, you should work to create the appropriate mindset of doing business the right way throughout your organization. Five, removing poor performance. That's poor compliance performers. How long is compliance underperformance? tolerated. The DOJ asked in the evaluation, has a company ever terminated or otherwise disciplined anyone, reduced or eliminated bonuses, issued a warning letter for the type of misconduct at issue? I think that many companies would clearly say that they discipline up to including discharge for any employee who engages in practices that violate the FCPA. But this question drills deeper and forces a more rigorous analysis on not just FCPA failures by employees, but on poor ethical choices, which might may be less than full FCPA violations. Six, unique employee value proposition. What makes it distinctive to work at your company? What's the culture of your company? Do you do business ethically or simply make up numbers, no matter how unrealistic they are, a la Wells Fargo? More point, pointedly, how can your company challenges be turned into business leadership opportunities? Ethisphere annually shows that its top list of most ethical companies outperforms the standard and poor's 500. If you more fully operationalize your compliance program and put it into your fabric of your company, it will make your business not only more efficient, but at the end of the day, more profitable. Seven, continuous improvement. How do compliance programs that are not working typically get exposed and remediated? There's a difference between auditing and monitoring. Monitoring is a commitment to reviewing and detecting compliance programs in real time and then reacting quickly to remediate them. A primary goal of monitoring is to identify and address gaps in your program on a regular and consistent basis. Auditing is a more limited review that targets specific business components, regions, or market sectors during particular time frames in order to undercover or evaluate certain risks.
particularly as seen in financial records. A robust program should include two separate functions for auditing and monitoring. While unique in the protocol, the two functions are related and can operate them in tandem. Monitoring activities can sometimes lead to audit. For example, if you notice a trend of suspicious payments in a recently monitored report from a country in the Far East, it may be time to conduct an audit of your operations in that country to further investigate these issues. Number eight, performance tracking. What are the key compliance, what are, what key compliance indicators do you use for compliance tracking? What metrics have you developed around the operationalization of compliance? A good starting point can be with your helpline or your hotline. What can you determine from the calls or reports submitted through these systems? What if they have not had any reports for several years? What should that be telling about you about your communications to your employee base? Or does it mean that employees have not been properly or effectively trained for a hotline or helpline, one that exists and two that's available for use? More ominously, does it mean they're afraid to report or they fear retaliation? This is certainly something you should consider whichever way the metrics are going for your company. Number nine, root cause. For a given compliance program, how do you identify the root cause? The DOJ asks in the evaluation in a prong one, root cause analysis. What is the company's root cause analysis of the misconduct at issue? What issues were identified? Who in the company has been involved in making this analysis? Clearly the reason is that if you do not know what the cause of the problem is, you cannot successfully work towards remedying that problem. This does not simply mean firing any persons involved in potential FCPA violation. You need to dig down and find out what allowed this issue to arise. I once heard the difference between a Japanese and American post-incident investigation is that in the U.S. there is an attempt to assess blame. Conversely, in Japan there is an attempt to find the solution to the problem. It is this approach that I believe compliance practitioners should take to try and find a solution by determining the root cause of a compliance failure. And finally, number 10, retraining. What are you doing to retrain your top employees from the compliance perspective? This is not a question that's typically asked in the compliance function. However, it fully encapsulates the entire concept of operationalization. Have you considered what your company is doing to retain, promote, and take senior management to those employees to do business and take to senior management those employees who do business at in an ethical manner and compliance with your code of conduct. By asking yourself and of your compliance program these questions, you may create a roadmap to more fully operationalize your compliance program. So what are today's three key takeaways? So what are the unique compliance targets that you have set and how are they interconnected? Number two, use a root cause analysis to determine why compliance initiatives are not successful. And number three, when was the last time you retrained on compliance? I hope you have enjoyed this one-month series on better compliance through HR, and I hope you will join me in the month of June where I take a look at investigations. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I've greatly enjoyed bringing this month's series to you, and I hope you will join me again. Thank you again for listening. This is Tom Fox again, and I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to Operationalizing Your Compliance Program Through the Use of Your HR Function. 
if you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you will rate it on iTunes as it would help our ratings and also get the word out about this seminal one-month series that I'm doing in 2017. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at T-F-O-X, that's T-Fox, at tfoxlaw.com. Finally, I hope you will join me again. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.